So we've taken our next step in this infinite journey of enlightenment. A series of events have taken place that has brought us to where we are right now. This is the most important time of our lives. It's in this very moment which exists prior to a thought that we have the potential to be. Being exists in this moment, in this time, and knowing, seeing, feeling, and experiencing all that there is right now. Stay tuned as Ron Ash teaches how to locate our special gift, connect the spirit, and intentionally create our experiences. Hello and welcome to Being with Ron Ash. I'm Ron Ash, your host. We are live and local, WNRI 1380 AM and national and international via WNRI.com and great internet affiliates like Spirit Quest Radio, SQRadio.fm. For a complete listing of our affiliates and our schedule, visit BeingWithRonAsh.com. That's BeingWithRonAsh.com. Today we have a very special guest author of The Ancient Alien Question, Philip Coppins. Welcome to the show, Philip. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you on. It's an incredible topic. Um, People have noticed that uh, even on the History Channel, there's been a lot of talk about ancient aliens and the connection to uh, our creation or, you know, where we are today and what's going to happen tomorrow. Yes, I mean it's it's one of the most popular series on the History Channel. Um, it's you know prime time. It's in its third season. Uh, we're mm-hmm. on episode fifteen in a, not this week but the week afterwards, and so it, it's been given roughly forty hours of prime time uh, television. So it's clear mm-hmm. that there is a big interest in trying to find yeah. out where we came from and the roots of our civilization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even on their you know radio show, we talk about it a lot, and it comes up often. And people have uh, varying theories um, on that. And you go into a few of those in the book, The Ancient Alien Connection. You also have a, a section I noticed that has uh, you know pictures and descriptions of some of the uh, places where uh, um, people's imaginations really can kind of run away with them as far as where these things. Uh, came from and who put them there and 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 how was the technology available back in that time? Yes, I mean there's you know, there are several components to it. Um, there are those who believe that we know the ultimate truth as to where they come from, and they people write books about those. Um, mm-hmm. But I I basically you know address them and and say that really we are not there yet. Um, some of the big theories out there um, have some serious holes. Um, and you know it is draining water and and, and various other things mm-hmm. from from those holes in the theory, but there is when you look at everything together um a substantial body of evidence which says, "Hey, 
there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's part archaeological, it's part historical, it's part mythological. And I think the, one of the more interesting things is when all of them start to combine. For example, mm-hmm. you have um, stories, for example, in the Altiplano of Bolivia, that the gods were said to have come through this gate, this doorway. Um, mm-hmm. Right next to it, well, not right next to it, but in the very immediate vicinity, you have something called Pumapunku, which is a site which is just extraordinary. Uh, it has kind, types of engineering which do not make any sense for uh, an ancestors of ours who would not have a technological capability. Some of it doesn't even make sense to us. Like, imagine a stone which on one side has a, a five pointed opening and on uh, mm-hmm. another side it has a six pointed opening somewhere within that stone uh, it, it basically makes a 90 degree curve and the, the rims of it become from five to six there is no such need for that and even in today's you know te- technology so, so something is so something is bizarre um, mm-hmm. and then it goes on you know you go to Cusco you go to Olante Tambo the mythological record says that the creator god and the civilizing god for Ricocha appeared in Bolivia, walked down that sacred valley, um, and then basically all the way to, to the Pacific coast. And it's in that specific area of Peru that all of the anomalous objects are found which really defy um, our understanding of that civilization. Peru was a great civilization. They were mm-hmm. extraordinarily advanced. There are pyramid-building cultures there, which are going back to 3200 BC. So we're not dealing here with um, a, a kind of tribe which had no idea of, as to what they were doing themselves. But there is, below that level, a strata of, of archaeology which is older. And it is that strata which is interesting, whereby you see that when you ask um, certain of the locals on, on Bolivia who built Pumapunku, they will say, well, we didn't, and our ancestors said that they didn't know either. It was just here all the time. Um, and and uh-huh. so you have this, this, this mixture of anthropological evidence, historical evidence, and archaeological evidence in, in quite a few places around the world, but you know, like pretty much always uh, in, the same, in the same kind of like configuration, whereby you realize that something went on in our past um, and that, you know, this wasn't just something which is speculation, but that there is, you know, kind of, you could, uh, you could speculate about Pumapunku uh, almost as, until the end of the world ends, if it was just a debate about the archaeology itself. But there is surrounding material there as well, which pushes the question away from just lost technology or a lost civilization or, you know, the possibility of, of ancient alien visitation towards that ancient alien visitation because there is more than just a archaeological artifact. Mm-hmm. Now you also look, I'm looking at the book right now. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. The, the Nazca lines in Peru, are there any theories uh-huh. relating to those? Well, the Nazca lines, the, the, the ancient alien question was really asked 45 years ago by Eric von Daniken in, in Chariots of the Gods. And he always says that people forgot that in Chariots of the Gods there were 237 question marks. Um, uh-huh. he, was, he was questioning. He, he traveled around the world and went to certain places and said, in my opinion, this is something which historians or archaeologists have not accurately explained. Could this be evidence of? 
Um, and so there was always the questioning aspect. Now, in 1968, when Eric was doing his research and preparing for publication, he, there was nothing known about the Nazca lines. There was mm-hmm. a, a sole uh, German woman called Maria Reiki who had ended up there and who was almost single-handedly protecting the, the lines from degradation because what these lines are is basically the topsoil of the desert is, is scraped off, revealing the white stone surface before. Uh-huh. And because Nazca is such a desert area, it rains a few drops each year. It, it is completely barren for hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of years. So it meant that what was done several centuries ago still remains visible today. However, uh, people, there was a main highway and people were beginning to ride off the highway for various reasons over the geoglyphs. And she obviously was you know, trying to make a case for the fact that these things should be preserved. Now, at that moment in time, 1968, she was the only person really having done archaeological evidence, oh, sorry, archaeological um, excavations there. And so when Eric asked the question, um, you know, it was a very simple question. He said, um, this thing is meant to be seen from above. This is meant to be seen from the mm-hmm. sky. It, yeah. you, you, you can see it from, from the land, um, but you can't see it in its, its majesty. Really, you need to be several you know, hundreds of feet up in the air to, to really kind of get, get that perspective going. Mm-hmm. So that was his conclusion, um, and science went in there, and they focused in on something extremely narrow, which was that Eric said, by the way, it looks a bit like an airport. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Scientists straight away began to attack and say, well, it's not an airport. Of course it's not an airport. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, he used the word like. It's a visual observation of something which he saw. Yeah. Uh, he clearly knew that it wasn't a physical airport. Um, but scientists went there and pretended that all their investigations were ridiculing and completely destroying the observations which, which Eric had made. Um, mm-hmm. 45 years on, or 44 years on, where we are is the following, that there are currently um, people who are saying that the Nazca civilization is extraordinarily complex. They were also a pyramid-building civilization. Human mm-hmm. remains have found. But some of them are focusing on some stones near some of the geoglyphs, which show uh, signs of intense heat. And it is the mm-hmm. archaeologist's uh, conclusion that hot air balloons might have been uh, used to take people up to the sky. And elsewhere uh, in the region, there is also some evidence that uh, some kind of kite, some kind of paragliding mm-hmm. uh, was going on. So when Eric says in 1968, this is, in my opinion, to be seen from above, where we are right now is that science is basically agreeing, yet they are pretending as if they have completely demolished um, Eric's conclusion. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a sad and, and to some extent ironic uh, state, state of archaeology that they don't realize that actually what they're doing um, is proving him right. And so the Nazca lines is, is one of those you know, very famous examples. Um, now, obviously, when it comes to addressing the, the question of ET, um, that is an, an altogether different, different yeah. aspect comes to the Nazca lines. There is, at this moment in time, no evidence at all um, that ET was there. But this is something which Eric will um, kind of you know, always highlight. It's kind of like when early on you ask questions about something which nobody has asked questions before, 
um, first of all, to be proven right is quite interesting by by, by subsequent um, archaeological excavations. But also, um, not all of these 237 questions are always going to give uh, a yes answer. Um, mm-hmm. When we look at roughly 40,000 years of, of, of us being here on planet Earth, within that time span, statistically, uh, the chances of us having been contacted by an alien civilization is between two and four. Um, basically, people or you know, ET civilizations coming here in a physical form. Um, so if you, if you say that there is 15 bits of best evidence of, of stories, uh, legends, and, and artifacts which uh, imply or at this moment in time suggest that ET was here in the past, you normally will expect uh, 10 of them to completely, with later investigations, to be proven uh, not to be related to ET. Now, that doesn't mean they're of no interest. Uh, It just means that not everything in our past uh, is linked with ET. That, I think, is is, uh, is, is a bit of a um, kind of, you know, a bit of a um, problem, kind of, because so much of the ancient alien theorists, some of them want to see everything in light of ET. I had a question... To Twitter this morning, like, is Jesus an alien and is the ascension into heaven him being taken aboard a spacecraft? It's like, no, kind <laughs> of like mm-hmm. you know, not everything, not everything is ET. Um, yeah. The, the, the only thing is that you know there is evidence for ET, and I think mm-hmm. what, what the book tries to do is basically guide the reader through that. It's saying like, okay, so these questions were asked in the past. The answer is not ET. But interestingly enough, high civilization. Mm-hmm. Some of these things, some of these questions haven't been addressed. I think this is how we should progress with them. Uh, and then there is obviously, you know, like the main body of evidence for the book, um, which is basically pointing out the the best evidence, things where I feel we should be focusing on more, um, and also basically what is the best evidence and the state um, where that is in right now. Um, and kind of like, you know, saying basically that we can conclude at this moment in time that when mm-hmm. taken together, um, it is clear that we, that we walked the path of civilization with some outside help from a non-human intelligence. Yeah. Why do you believe that these places where you find these incredible anomalies exist where they do? Is there some kind of a connection between each of these places? Um, it's, it's too early to say that it is a a straightforward yes. The suggestion is yes, however, uh, because what people have been looking at is that, um, take for example, the Greeks, you know, the Greeks, um, are considered to be very rational, but they also had a science at their disposal, Mm -hmm. which clearly was inherited. The Celts as well. Now, the difference with the Celtic people of, of Northern Europe is that they didn't really leave any documents. Caesar killed them all um, mm-hmm. and, and was an oral tradition, so by killing them, everything completely disappeared. Okay. The Greeks, however, had a more written-down tradition, so even if the Greeks at some point in time died, uh, there were writings which survived the test of time. And so, when we're looking into people like Plato and, and Pythagoras, you you come away with the knowledge that they really were aware of the fact that the the Earth was round, um, Mm -hmm. that basically has misinterpreted this thing. Basically what happened was there was no uniform approach. 
um, it, it's very much, um, the situation in ancient Greece is very much like they have been given certain information and they don't really get it. So you have uh, clever cookies who do kind of like get it and then silly people who really shouldn't be doing that. And what happened is that silly people, uh, from a historical point of view, were the ones who were picked up by specifically the Christian church uh, because what they were saying outside of the science bits of these documents was what the church really wanted to convey to the early uh, Christian communities. And so, um, you know, like the wrong bits of science, as it were, um, were mm-hmm. attached to a body of, of religion. And it took, you know, 1,600 years, basically, to, to, to rectify that, that, that problem. But people like Plato and various other people were very much to that level. Um, there's even a group of, of Greek scientists, like the atomists, who literally were convinced that the world was made up of atoms. And, you know, guess what? They were kind of like proven to be right. So mm-hmm. the Greeks have at, the, at their disposal all of this, this, this knowledge. And so some of this knowledge does have to do with the shape of the Earth, with the way uh, the Earth works. And they basically identified that even though the Earth was a, uh, a, 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 um, a, a globe, that... Inside of that, there was some kind of pressure, I would point like a, almost a crystalline diamond kind of shape, okay. and that some of the corners touched uh, sometimes, you know, the, the earth, that, that you could overlay the globe with this pattern. And so the, the end result is that you do see that there are certain places on planet Earth which are connected to other places on planet Earth um, through, this, through this kind of line. Now, Unfortunately, geologists or anybody else uh, in, in modern science has not looked at this at all. Um, so we have no way of confirming whether this is the case or not. But just like, you know, like basic things um, of, of, of kind of like uh, the research which has been done by, 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 by certain people as to where UFOs appear, for example, uh, you, they... Uh, a Michel in, in France in the, in the 1950s was pointing out that in ancient times, the Camino, you know, part of a, a, a new movie by, by uh, the Estevez Sheen family, uh, this, this pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela, we think that it is just lines which end up in a Christian pilgrimage site. But Ané Michel um, built on, on material from other French writers, first of all, that these roads predated uh, Christianity by, by hundreds if not thousands of years, that people had always walked to this site, and that really what happened was that the church merely put a Christian layer of veneer on it to, to make it appear as if it was all Christian, but it, it wasn't, and obviously to the uh, consecutive centuries, like, we forgot what it was in origin. But he was also pointing out that an awful lot of UFO sightings in France uh, in the 1950s coincided with these lines of the Camino, uh, of these ancient pathways. So you, you see this overlapping thing um, when people do start to dig into those kind of uh, enigmas that the answer does seem to be a yes. But we are unfortunately very um, very much at the start of this research rather than at the end. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to uh, pause for a brief break. I want to pose a question. Um, and we'll get to the answer when we come back, but is there a gold connection? Could these places be in history rich with gold? 
presently. And when I look back and I think about the history that I know of as far as the leaders of these uh, great cultures, why was gold such an important thing? Why were they stockpiling gold? We're going to be back with hopefully an answer or opinion on that right after these messages. Hold tight. Interpreter Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance, connect to source energy, and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Bridge the gap between Earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multi-dimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the ascended masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings, or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. Informative, intangible, honest, conductive to elements that align the body, soul, and mind to listen to conscience. Are you aware? InnerCirclePublishing.com Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com.
are being with Ron Ash and Philip Coppins this morning. We're discussing the ancient alien question. And just before break, I uh, inquired if there was a gold connection. Any opinion well, on there's that? Definitely, well, there's definitely an awful lot of gold going around. Um, mm-hmm. It's obviously something which we, we tend to no longer see because it was taken away um, specifically yes. from 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 uh, places like Cusco. Uh, but, but Cusco was the center of the Inca Empire, and it is in essence said that everything in the um, center uh, square of, of, of Cusco was in gold. Everything, like, you know, animals had been carved in gold. Everything mm-hmm. was gold. The walls were made of gold. And very little, if anything, uh, remained of that. It, there's actually quite a bit of evidence that says that an awful lot of it was taken to underground corridors and that to some extent some of it is still um, lying there um, and kind of like you know could be at some point discovered if, if anybody was taking an interest in it but obviously mm-hmm. the, the, the conquistadores came and they were absolutely not interested in in the spiritual or whatever value of it they they dragged it out they melted it down they put it on ships, and as irony would have it, the ships all sank. Um, well, first of all, the ships were taken by pirates, uh, English pirates, uh, before they reached uh, Spain, mm-hmm. and then those ships actually sank as well. So um, an awful lot of, of it was kind of like you know lost forever. But there, there is definitely a, a gold connection. Um, as to why uh, it was like that, it, it's always it's always you know like they didn't seem to done anything with it except like decorate stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I think to some extent it had to do with um, a the fact that gold is obviously shiny, and also mm-hmm. that gold had this connotation of of because it's shiny, it's very close to to the light of of the sun. So um, it, everything which we know about going through you know like. The, the gateway of the mind. If you uh, if you have any of that experience, people talk about the light. And I think mm-hmm. to some extent, what we're trying to recreate in this heart of um, really the, the the Inca Empire was this 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 shiny uh, environment mm-hmm. where when the sun shone, it would look as if everything um, was was really you know it was brilliant as as, as that light that light could be. Or it could be that these ancient civilizations had contact with these aliens and they uh, coated things with gold to let them know that there was gold there because the aliens wanted the gold. And at one point in time, there were probably vast quantities of gold there. Um, and the aliens were very interested in this gold for, who knows, could be a number of reasons. could be its conductivity. Um, for some other reason um, on their home planet. I, 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 there's, there's a number of theories I'm sure that we can come up with for this reason, but it seems kind of odd that these kingdoms were just stockpiling this gold. It was just vast array of uh, carvings and forgings and uh, coated sculptures with this gold. What is the allure of this gold? I mean, you make an interesting point uh, about the correlation between you know the uh, afterlife and, and the light and um, you know this type of thing, but it's it's very mysterious to me, especially when I look at it in the uh, current times and how gold has become increasingly more valuable and the economic conditions are causing people to cash in their gold more and more. And what is happening with this gold? It just seems to be a constant question in my mind. What is the allure of this gold? I've never been attracted to it. 
It makes me wonder, <laughs> and you know, over uh, you know centuries upon centuries, what was the original allure of this gold? Could have been just mm-hmm. to invite these aliens, you know, interesting things to look at. And and like you said, there's just so many theories, possibilities out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the the early the old the 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 early money to some extent wasn't always gold. Um, in Crete, mm-hmm. for example, uh, there are quite interesting depictions. And if you go to the museum, uh, you kind of see in Heraklion, you see these these big stones um, mm-hmm. which people carried on their back, and those stones were like the the currency, the exchange currency, um, yeah. and, and gold became pretty much an international currency uh in in you know like the last 3000 uh years when when really it was deemed to be rare uh and it was you know something which gave privileges to to certain people who had it uh mm-hmm. to a large extent it's it's not thought about human trickery it's like you know like okay i mean like you know to to some extent gold doesn't really have any value in the sense that it shines Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people think it's beautiful, but it's a soft material. Uh, yeah. you, you can't pretty much do do too much with it. Um, it it's you know it's it's not something so special, but it it was a distinguishing thing by whereby certain people said like, okay, well now we need to kind of like have an exchange thing, and the exchange will be done um, mm-hmm. on, on your precious metals, and and gold was one of them, but obviously there were more than that. Um, and, and gold has continued to have this fascination until, um, you know, basically the beginning of the 20th century when um, international banks just let go of, of the gold standard and um, to some extent created a crisis we're in at this moment in time and they're mm-hmm. kind of like trying to get back to the to the gold standard. Not necessarily because of, of, of anything more, I think, than you have some basis in some reality. Uh, mm-hmm. Because right now the financial crisis or, or the financial situation is very much all one where there just seem to be numbers in computers uh, mm-hmm. which are being shifted from one you know, from one um, instance from a bank to another instance of a bank with nothing substantiating that it's it's just you know it, it's completely surreal um, to some extent that that might be what it always was of course um, mm-hmm. and but but you know for a very long period of time there was something underneath it which made people uh, more comfortable than it was just, just this real thing. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting that, that gold does have that universal appeal. It's on, on, on an awful lot of civilizations had this fascination with gold. Yeah, when I look at it, you know, you look at Egypt, uh, I mean, uh, even the, uh, what I know of the, uh, the Mayan culture and um, uh, pretty much... Everywhere else, this gold thing was really a big thing to stockpile in the chambers of these emperors, pharaohs, kings, and whatnot um, for many years. And it was often um, stripped from the people via taxes and and other things. And I see it as an interesting correlation today. I have to ask, and I find it very interesting, um, you also have a picture of a crystal skull and only – a few weeks back, I happened to come across a crystal skull tour, and I hadn't had a chance to really look into it any further. What is the significance of that? And can you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, the, the uh, Mitchell Hedges crystal skull? 
Well, I go into a, a few Crystal Skulls. Uh, it's, it's Max, the Crystal Skull, um, who's, who's on the cover. And you know, I, I use the Mitchell Hedges uh, at the beginning because they, those two, together with a few others, um, are what people have put forward as um, potential Crystal Skulls of ancient origin. There are, mm-hmm. um, at this moment in time, hundreds of Crystal Skulls, um, and most of them are either made in China or they are carved in Brazil. However, there are distinguishing marks between an ancient crystal skull and a modern one. Um, one of them is that our ancestors sometimes excel themselves to a point where we just sit back in awe. Um, when the Mitchell Hatcher skull was taken to the Smithsonian, despite what the Smithsonian wants you to believe and this smug attitude they have that they have um, identified all of these skulls as having been made in a German uh, small town at the end of the 19th century. It's a theory, by the way, for which uh, the creator of this theory, Jane Walsh, has no evidence whatsoever, um, but because she works for the Smithsonian, she gets her material published. Um, Mm -hmm. And and basically, in an effort to try and combat this, uh, Bill Homan, who at this moment in time has a Mitchell Hedges skull in his possession, um, decided to go to the Smithsonian and, and basically say, well, you know, if, if, if you think everything is so explicable, here's my skull. Mm-hmm. And they, they taped the two, three hours which they were there. And very early on, you have a uh, researcher who works for Walsh, um, and, and he looks at the skull, and he looks at specifically the detachable jaw, and the detachable jaw uh, he straight away says, oh, that, that can't be crystal. Nobody can make that out of crystal. That has to be glass. Mm-hmm. And so like half an hour or so, 45 minutes later, um, he, ta- he, he, he brings out the blue light, which b- basically distinguishes whether it's glass or um, you know, crystal. And, okay. he's, and, it's, and it's shown that it is crystal, that it is not glass. Uh, to which his immediate thing is, well, you know, it, it, it's crystal, but it's impossible that it's the same crystal from which the skull is carved. It must be, it must be another layer of crystal. Uh, at which moment in time, Jane Walsh basically tells him to shut up because mm-hmm. he's being filmed. Um, and if this continues down the line, uh, you know, he's going to be potentially be exposed as an idiot. Um, and and that is like their attitude. They they pretend um, that they are explaining these things away. But they, they, they aren't. They, they have been unable to identify uh, that Mitchell Hedges skull is not um, an, an ancient artifact. And there is quite a bit of um, evidence, which I put in the book, um, which shows that you know, the way Mitchell Hedges came across these skulls is something which is uh, homogenous or in the same league as to how other crystal skulls were found, which is basically that they were found in... Uh, the Mayan heartland by tribes, specifically uh, in the 19, I would say the early, the, the, the last six, sorry, the first 60 years of the 20th century, when the Mayan people had an awful lot of adversity, and whenever Western people came there, they and and were able to give them certain things for the survival of their tribe. Quite often, in return, they were given the offer of crystal skulls. And one example. Um, is, is uh, Nick Nosserino, one of the earliest crystal skull researchers. He was an anthropologist. He went through the mine heartland. And wherever he helped the people, uh, he, quite often they were given, he was offered uh, crystal skulls as, as uh, here, you know, thank you for, for helping us. And he always refused because he felt that the crystal skulls were 
more um, important for to be kept by the people who had been using them for for centuries in their rituals. But uh, it is clear that the likes of um, Mitchell Hedges, uh, clearly when he was offered one uh, in the early, probably the 1910s, of, uh, that, he, that he did take one out. Uh, in the case of Nick Nosserino, sorry, in the case of um, Max and, and the origins of Max, there, there is some evidence to suggest there that actually people gave this to the, to the initial keeper in an effort to make the world aware of their existence, that, that there were these, these artifacts which defy um, current techniques of making them. If, if a normal human being without any technology would have made the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, it would have taken roughly three people 20 years, so a total of 60 years, day in, day out of carving this. Um, in the case of Max, what we have there is a piece of crystal which mm -hmm. has six different layers coming together. And so if you were to apply too much pressure on some of these layers, the end result would be that it shatters. So mm -hmm. you have expert marksmanship in, in some of these candidates. And it's also a very distinguishing mark between uh, what I think are the ancient crystal skulls and definitely the modern crystal skulls. The modern ones are nice, but they don't have that specialness, that uniqueness, that quality. Um, you know, um, it's, it's 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 almost like you know I've seen people fall in love with with holding um, yeah. modern crystal skulls, and they are beautiful, um, but they're no substitute for for the really ancient ones who are mm -hmm. far more beautiful. And it's like you know, as 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 soon as you've had one of those in your hands and stared in them. Um, you, you fall in love with, with the ingenuity which has gone into um, carving these things and also the entire tradition uh, which is associated with them, you know, which is that these were used as, as artifacts of, of um, you know, communication with the gods um, by all of these cultures. So what it, we have there is... It, it's very interesting that you say that because when you first began to speak about these crystal skulls and how difficult they are to produce, immediately in my mind came the word receiver. As if these could be some type of communication device where, as you said, in, in a different light, these ancient civilizations are really communicating with these alien life forces via these crystal skulls created by the aliens. Absolutely. I mean, you know, an, an interesting thing was that in, in March of this year, uh, it, I had my first uh, meeting with, with Max. Um, mm -hmm. I had known about him. Uh, I, I had, you know, known about its keeper, Joanne Parks, but I'd never physically met uh, the Crystal Skull. And so I went to New Mexico for um, three days, uh, pretty much a day and a half spent with Max and um, various other people came there. And now what was happening was that the, the way this was set up was that people came in, uh, sat around waiting until it was their turn to have a private you know, session with Max. And then after whatever amount of time, 15 minutes or so, they would come out and hang around um, with you know the people who were there and then the, okay. the people would go home. And so there was no... Uh, apart from me and a, and a very few other people who were there throughout that period of time, there was no kind of like all of these people coming in there and knowing what other people had said. Um, but whenever P 
people came out of their session and they kind of like said like, oh, Max has told me this, it mm-hmm. was always very specific. Um, okay. Everybody came out with the same kind of material and there was no way, um, you know, for them to know what the other people had told them before. Um, and, you know, that, that, was, that was an interesting experience that people basically went in their blinds and came out with, you know, messages and on a fairly, I would say, you know, interesting level. This wasn't just like, oh, you should invest more or you should worry, you shouldn't worry about your your children like that. Not nothing of that kind so general, yeah. but things yeah. as to why certain things were happening in the world, certain things, um, you know, w- which were happening at that moment in time and why they were happening. Um, and and going into not extraordinary detail, but quite some detail as to to those things. And different people, independently of each other, are picking up those those messages. That was, you know, to me, um, a very interesting example of of these skills at work. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we get back, I want to uh, get a little bit into uh, some theories on our origin. Could we have been? bred with aliens or any other kind of uh, theory as far as where did we really come from science has really made a uh, 180 degree shift in this area so stay tuned we'll be back right after these messages hold tight interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Experience the power of being. Join author and dream interpreter Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good? Live simply. Laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Bridge the gap between Earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multi-dimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the ascended masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings. Or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness. 
breaking through, being, and the secret of divine intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Ron Ash and author Philip Coppins, author of The Ancient Alien Question. Um, back October 11th, I had Greg Braden on the show. He just came out with a book called Deep Truth, which uh, covers a lot of things as far as the uh, uh, origin of uh, humankind. We, we talked a little bit about uh, intelligent, intentional design. We talked a little bit about some new discoveries um, in the uh, I believe it was a Neanderthal in, infant with the DNA still intact, and a couple of other things that were really portraying science as making a big shift and really leaning more away from the uh, Darwin theories as uh, applied to the origination of man and leaning towards intelligent, intentional design. Could the aliens have been that intentional? Intelligent watchmaker, so to speak. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, in, in the book, I, I, I go into something else, which is this this idea that life itself might have come from from outer space, and it's an interesting aspect because uh, you know we we are grown up with this notion that somehow there was this primordial soup billions of years ago, and that mm-hmm. somehow out of this primordial soup life originated. Now, as early as the 19th century, th- there basically was a scientific um, discussion about all of these things, and Louis Pasteur, who obviously gave his name to pasteurization, he, mm-hmm. he said that um, non-organic material could never create organic material. It's, it's just something which doesn't happen. So he, he, he pointed out a basic problem with with this primordial soup, with people decided to to negate what he was saying and just pretend as if it had never been said, um, and this is 150 years later still the case where where you know like people continue to do this thing. But what's been happening since specifically the 1980s is that astrobiologists have begun to to show that the likelihood of life coming from outer space to this planet is far higher than it um, has ever been. NASA specifically has done extraordinary research into this. They created interstellar space in laboratories uh, about a decade ago, and what they found was that in interstellar space, the building blocks of life, DNA, spontaneously arose, which basically means that across the universe, um, you know, you, you will find DNA 
which is in interstellar space. And, and really all it needs is a bus drive from a meteorite or a comet uh, and crash in some, some planet for DNA-based life to, come in, to, to begin to develop. So that is something I think extraordinary. Um, and NASA is, is doing extraordinary research into that. Now, because all of a sudden the, the likelihood is that DNA is, is uniform across the wor- across the, the universe, um, all of a sudden these stories about how um, uh, non-human intelligences came here and interbred with mm-hmm. with humans makes a bit more sense because okay. what's happening here um, is that we know that at least there's a possibility that this is possible. Um, obviously, we are doing genetic engineering as we speak. Um, so, um, and an awful lot of the genetic engineering which we're doing is very basic. Like, you know, our ancestors were able to create cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was pretty much true genetic engineering without the need of a laboratory or any kind of high-tech uh, material. Um, you know, genetics is to some extent, yes, you can do it in a laboratory, and obviously you can do far more in a laboratory, um, things like cloning. But genetic experimentation and, and knowing about certain things about genetics didn't require a laboratory as such to do that in. And so when we're confronted um, with a story in the Bible, um, and it's not unique to the Bible, but I, 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 you know, it, it's most commonly known to be in the Bible. It's in Genesis 6, where you've, you've had the... the, the basically men who come from the sky descend and take human women as their um, concubine or partner and Mm -hmm. make them pregnant. And what happens next is a very graphic display um, which serves no lesson (laughs) from a morality or religious point of view, whatever. Uh, but, But when these pregnancies are beginning to come to term, what happens is that the women... Um, quite often can't give birth because the, 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 the heads of the children are so big that they do not fit through the pelvis. And so what happens is that some of them die, unfortunately, quite horrible deaths, but also that when they begin to realize what is happening, uh, that certain people begin to apply emergency cesarean sections uh, to deliver the children as such. Um, and, and again, it's a very interesting um, aspect, you know, like a, a very um, kind of, you know, why would they have inserted this thing if there wasn't something there? Uh, it, it doesn't. The, the the notion that babies with big heads were born um, and that women began to to die until they figured out what was going on and could uh, do emergency cesarean sections doesn't serve as a morality lesson, you know. Uh-huh. Um, the, yeah. the, morality lesson, the, the morality lesson might have been um, if they all died and somehow somebody is trying to say, you see, they were all evil. This is what happens if you interbreed with, with evil beings. Um, mm-hmm. But there is no such thing. There is no morality associated with it. It's just like these other things which happened. This is what, this is what was done. This was the outcome. Very pragmatic, very matter-of-fact. Uh, and it's not something which is just limited to the Bible. It's something which um, you, you see in, in other cultures as well. And then when you start looking into the archaeological record, uh, even in places like Lovelock, Nevada, there were caves found in which there were giant skulls, giant skeletons and people of giant skulls. And, you know, like pretty much the, the, the giant size which you would expect these giants from the Bible to have, roughly mm-hmm. uh, eight, eight, nine eight, nine feet. Um, and 
so what we're seeing there is, is, is again, this overlap of archaeology and um, stories and how when you put them together, you come up with this very intriguing uh, design that, that we, in our past, might have been, uh, you know, not alone and that, indeed, there was some kind of um, experimentation going on. Now, obviously, the, the bigger question is, were we genetic test tube experiments ourselves? And I think at this moment in time, there is no evidence to, to suggest that. However, um, a very interesting possibility that it might be um, has recently been put forward by a, an Arizona State University professor called Paul Davis. And he's basically urging science that what we should begin to do is very much like SETI at home, where there was so much information coming from uh, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, the radio uh, and yeah. stellar observatories couldn't all do cope with the information. So they developed a piece of software that if your computer at home was idle, it would download this information and analyze it during the you know, the time you weren't at your computer, even though your computer was switched on. And he's proposing that we start doing the same with DNA, that somebody writes a, a, a program um, whereby we're going to analyze DNA for odd things, certain markers which you wouldn't expect there to have been created by nature uh, and which might be a kind of a, a footprint or indicator that um, somebody left there within our genetic material saying that, that we weren't alone, that, that you know, we have been um, somehow um, worked upon by, by uh, extraterrestrial beings. Mm -hmm. Through artificial insemination, I, I've seen theories of that, that they, uh, the women were inseminated. I mean, you look back at the, the uh, gods of Greek and Roman culture, many times it's the same type of scenario taking place where these women are taken by the gods mm -hmm. and bear children. Absolutely. You look Absolutely. at the artwork um, of various cultures and their religious beliefs, their systems of beliefs, and you see alien spacecraft in the backgrounds or strange costumes that could be a covering over these large skulls absolutely there is you know there is a, a, a as I said as a whole there is a body of evidence there to suggest that um, first of all we are we were not alone but uh, that we ourselves are the aliens that you know mm -hmm. um, we we come from from something which is, is larger than this planet. We have DNA in us, which is basically a cosmic imperative. Um, and so for for us to, the realization I think at this moment in time is that um, whenever that contact is reestablished, uh, we, will sh we will find out that um, we, we are not that far apart, that we are um, pretty similar to to what we um, you know what we are and guess mm -hmm. what that's precisely what the ancient accounts are saying as well that basically the aliens pretty much all in all um, look pretty similar to us. Mm -hmm. um, and there are other theories that uh, you've gone into as far as you know maybe these civilizations these ancient civilizations intentionally manipulated their skulls or whatnot to mimic. Uh, the uh, aliens to look more like them. Absolutely, um, you know, Akhenaten is one example, but throughout 
various cultures, um, you, you see that that some of these people were either depicted in the case of Akhenaten, he was depicted, he didn't do it to his to his skull, uh, but he mm-hmm. was depicted with his elongated skull. Uh, but in other in other traditions, you had um, people who who did elongate their skulls, where the parents took a child and with wooden planks began to mold their skull into something which didn't resemble a human skull. And when people were asked as to why they were doing this, because some of these things happened, went on in, in, until relatively recent times, they were told that these, they did it so that the children would resemble the gods. Mm-hmm. So as we go into um, 11.11's coming up, 2012, there's a lot of uh, theories and going on around that. When you look back and you think about you know the research that you've done and the people that you've talked to, um, what do you think would be the interest in aliens coming here to go through all this trouble? Um, you know, I, I think to, to a large extent, it, it's very much um, they want to they want to explore the world. I mean, not the world, obviously, they want to explore the universe. Uh, I think that there is also this thing of of, of helping other people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we are their distant family, so to speak. We are yeah. part of, of 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 this life in the universe. And I think whenever you find life in the universe, there is this sense of oh wow, you know, like again, it, it becomes this 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 awe-inspiring thing. And and I think that it, that that would be a, a prime motive. It, it's the sense of exploration. Uh, we had it as mankind definitely until a few decades ago. I think we've lost it in the last. 10 to 20 years, um, but, but definitely the sense of exploration, I think, uh, is such a powerful drive. Uh, you know, it, it sums up by the Star Trek, I think, with the boldly go where no one has gone before. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you see that, you still see that with, with entrepreneurs, you know, they want to do certain things. It's, it's this drive of, of going and meeting people. It's why we go on holidays to, you know, to foreign places to, to learn and, and to, to, to really acquaint ourselves with all of these civilizations. And I think the same thing happened uh, in the past, and I think the same thing happened uh, with, with non-human intelligences. They, they made contact, and if they felt that the, the people who, were they, who they were contacting were open to do so and, and willing to do so, yeah. um, and they were imparted with information. Star messengers. They could be attempting to help us with this awakening, to bring us on board. As you say, if we are open-minded and we're uh, acceptive of this knowledge of these ancient alien cultures um, and awakening to our own abilities of who we are, truly are, without limits, Um, all Questions looked into in the book, The Ancient Alien Question, a new inquiry into the existence, evidence, and influence of ancient ancestors, Philip Coppins. Forward by Eric Von Donakin. Absolutely. The man himself. There you go. Best-selling author of Chariots of the Gods. Interesting. And um, anything coming up for you, Philip, as far as a touring goes or any kind of engagements? Um, most of the, the tours for, for authors have been um, stopped for the obvious reason that bookshops are um, kind of like on their way out and most of it has to do with, with radio shows now. So the book tour has become a radio tour. Uh, yeah. That is what I will be doing for the next few few more weeks. Um, 
and then I am uh, more than likely going to work on a sequel uh, which, which is basically addressing the lost civilization question rather than the uh, ancient alien question. Yeah, where did they go? <laughs> right? Where are they? And what are some of the, uh, the the lost civilizations? I mean, I think most people are aware of Atlantis, and then there's uh, what was the other one? Boy, I can't remember. I can't recall. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. Looking forward to that. Where did they go? They were advanced. They left virtually no record of their existence. And now we're left with the question, where are they? Where did they go? And how did we become aware of them? So, Philip Coppins, thank you for joining us today. We'll have Joseph Labruto III coming up next. Um, Stay tuned for that. We'll be back in a few. And as always, you can link to all of our guests, including Philip, at beingwithronash.com. That's beingwithronash.com. Hold tight. We'll be back with more Joseph Labruto III right after these messages. We'll be taking calls at 424-757-1425. That's 424-757-1425. Interpreter Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance, connect to source energy, and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Interested in promoting yourself, your business, or your platform? If so, you should contact RMA Associates for the most cost-effective ways to promote what you do. RMA has over 25 years of experience helping their clients grow while meeting the challenges of an ever-changing market. Email RMA today at rma.associates at yahoo.com for more information. Again, that's rma.associates at yahoo.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Bridge the gap between Earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multi-dimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the ascended masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings, or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. Informative, intangible, honest, conductive to elements that align the body, soul, and mind to listen to conscience. Are you aware? InnerCirclePublishing.com. 
Looking for your next vehicle? Look to Gemini Auto Sales and Service. They have everything you need to purchase, finance, and maintain your next quality pre-owned vehicle. Gemini takes the guessing out of finding the right vehicle at the best price because all of Gemini's vehicles are priced to sell far below like vehicles within a 50-mile radius of their two convenient locations. Gemini's staff of ASE certified mechanics buy, sell, and service every vehicle on the lot. Quality vehicles, unsurpassed service, and guaranteed financing. Gemini Auto Sales and Service, 401-228-8686, or visit Gemini Sales Service. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostles' Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Award-winning Cleveland artist caricaturist Diane Hadley offers a wonderful entertainment experience for all ages and events via her party caricatures. Let Astro artist Diane Hadley create party favor memorabilia for your guests that will be cherished a lifetime. Book the Astro artist today and be amazed by the unique talents of Diane Hadley. Call 877-740-9506 and save 50% on internationally recognized caricature portrait and spirit artist Diane Hadley's event services. Visit the Astro. The Apostles' Recipe for Happiness breaks new ground in exposing the attainable miracles so prevalent in the first book ever written on the Law of Attraction. Through true life experiences with modern-day scenarios, the mystery and magic of the Holy Bible unfold as you learn to recognize the signs that God places on the path He intends for you to follow. Through the mastery of divine guidance, you can connect to God's energy and create a life without limits. This is a book everyone should read who is interested in building godly character. I read it in one evening and couldn't put it down. Gary Sigler, Kingdom Resources. What an amazing job at making a clearly defined guide for a happy life. The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness is compelling and is a value not only to Christians everywhere, but also to people of unbelief. Ruth Cannell, Christian Magazine Now. Pick up your copy of The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness today and start living the life of your dreams tomorrow. Available at Barnes & Noble, Booksellers, Amazon.com, and everywhere quality books are sold. Sample all Ron Ash's books for free at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. So we've taken our next step in this infinite journey of enlightenment. A series of events have taken place that has brought us to where we are right now. This is the most important time of our lives. It's in this very moment which exists prior to a thought that we have the potential to be. Being exists in this moment, in this time, and knowing, seeing, feeling, and experiencing all that there is right now. Stay tuned as Ron Ash teaches how to locate our special gift, connect with spirit, and intentionally create our experiences.
Welcome to Being with Ron Ash. I'm Ron Ash, your host. We are local in WNRI 1380 AM and national and international via WNRI.com and great internet affiliates like Spirit Quest Radio, SQRadio.fm. Today's guest is Joseph Labruto III, psychic medium Joseph. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Oh, it's always an honor to be on, Ron. I, I love the am... last topic. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm in a tailspin right now. I, I, there were so many questions that I could have asked uh, Philip Coppins there um, on his uh, research, many years of research, and his most recent book, The Ancient Alien Question, A New Inquiry into the Existence, Evidence, and Influence of Ancient Visitors. We talked a little bit about the crystal skulls, and I immediately, without even really looking into it or thinking much about it, saw the word in my mind's eye, receiver. That they exactly. could somehow be a communication device that we do not so it's understand. That's exactly what it is. Um, if you remember the last Indiana Jones movie um, with the crystal skulls and how they um, put them all together as an alien race and so forth, I believe it is. it was a receiver at one time, and that's why they're just kind of um, on, on here. And, you know... About, speaking about crystal skulls and crystals, 11, 11, 11 is when the crystals are supposed to be activated here oh, on this earth. So I yes, wonder if that's crystal correct. skulls are going <laughs> to, wonder Ooh. what's going to happen to these crystal skulls. <laughs> hey, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. It really yeah. does. Um, even when we go into, you know, popular culture and we look at the movies of the past and alien life forms which have come here from, you know, planets that have uh, supernovae. Or been the mm -hmm. uh, Superman, for example, what happened? Where did he go? <laughs> and how did he get the information? It was from a crystal, correct? Exactly. You know, it was all crystals, and that's where the information comes from. Well, you even look at Stargate. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they use, or even Star Trek, they use these crystals to power their source. Yes. <laughs> on there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, everything reflects on the crystals, and now these crystals are going to be activated, and we're going to see how important crystals are, are what really crystals can do, and uh, holding the energy and everything. Mm -hmm. So, And I believe in our abilities, our psychic abilities. We have what's called a penile gland between, between our eyes, or just above the nose. And mm -hmm. our penile gland is going to crystallize. It's crist you know, there is some crystallization to it right now. But it's really these crystallization with this 1111. It's just going to power it in our third eye, and we're going to be like mm -hmm. beacons of light on that. So, and it's it's amazing. You know, we never think of us having crystals in our body, but we do in our penile gland. There is there is crystallized um, form there. <laughs> so, and it's all it's all happening. And with what, the UFOs what? and extraterrestrials, did you? I was watching the game on the news mm -hmm. on the game on the um, say, um, what in the New Orleans game where they okay. captured a UFO live <laughs> on there. I don't know if you saw that. You maybe you. Oh no, that. I didn't. Oh yeah, it was an October twenty third game, Sunday night game, and the film crew caught a UFO just going, just flying over. <laughs> it was mm -hmm. the cathedral there in the square, and they caught. It was going so fast. It was like it was like a. You know, it was it, was, it zigzagged real fast, so they slowed the frames down, and they they did a still still frames on it, and you could see the shape like a cigar shape with little square lights on it and everything. And this is the um, ABC crew that caught it. Wow! So. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah, so it was not an intentional thing. It was just kind of a uh, um, a whim. 
Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't a hoax or anything because it, it was a national TV crew and they were filming a football yeah. game. And they, you know how in the football game they just kind of film the city, what's around whatever mm-hmm. city they're in. They were filming the um, they were filming New Orleans in the in the city there. And as they were doing the skylight of New Orleans, there was zip zip a UFO. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, you know, we've been talking about you know the intensity of my uh, sightings of fallen stars which are really, you know, supposed to be, uh, you know, meteors that actually enter the Earth's atmosphere. And I said that I went through probably the first 40 years of my lifetime seeing maybe one. And now I've probably seen six or seven of them over the last year. Got to be something going on. Today we also have an asteroid making a pass. Have you heard about that? Yeah. No, normally the government going into the moon's orbit. Yeah, they normally keep this stuff quiet, because I know in 2009 we had an astro pass between the moon's orbit and the Earth, and we didn't hear about it until actually after it happened, and then the news broadcast it. And, yeah, that's um, what is supposed to be happening uh, today, I believe. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So that that could probably be visible. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be visible, maybe like a shooting, like you can see the comet or not. Um, with the naked eye or not, but I know with the telescope, yeah, I wow. Think if I remember correctly, the distance was calculated at maybe 210,000 miles from okay. Earth. I wow. would say it should be visible. They said it's the size yeah. of an aircraft carrier. Wow. So you could probably just see it. It'll probably look like a satellite going across. Um, could it be? You know, could it be a spaceship it, carrier? You know, it makes me wonder. It's funny. I make the analogy the other day about Will Smith in the movie Independence Day, where there right. was actually an object, and then as it approached Earth, it started to slow down. Yeah, and it turned out true. that these were these alien creatures aboard this ship, and then the other ships began to uh, move down into the uh, Earth, and with an attempt to invade us. Thankfully, we had Jeff. Goldblum and Will Smith there to save the day. <laughs> That's one of my favorite <laughs> movies. I know. I know. I love that movie. <laughs> that really launched but his career, too. But the thing is, movies like that, they put the fear um, of aliens. And, yeah. you know, they're here to help with the ascension. And they're, 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 they're you know, you, you asked a question earlier, where are they? You know, Middle Earth, I want to tell you, Ron. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The Octorian, yeah, the Octorian civilizations. Race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the Octorian race, which I write about in my book, um, Indigo is, is Octorian. They're situated. You know, they can go through matter, so it doesn't matter. And they're fifth-dimensional beings, and that's where they're situated. They're in our ocean floors as well. That's mm-hmm. where they are. I know south of Cuba. Um, watching a, a UFO special on um, the History Channel, they 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 saw things coming out of the water there, and even yeah. satellite on depth that can find something. But they said the government's keeping it, um, you know, off limits for people to go there. But they feel there's a, a base underwater, yeah. um, just south of Cuba. <laughs> yeah. so. I, mean, I posed my gold question: Could gold have something to do with it? We looked at the various sites where. Uh, very advanced civilizations uh, once existed. And, you know, the common denominator really was always there was a large stockpile of gold. You know, lots of the cities were made of gold. You look into the ancient text, the Bible, namely, and they talk about mansions of gold and streets of gold. And, you know, I, I, I just have this theory that gold has a lot to do with it. They need the gold. For some reason, gold is of great value to them, not as a currency, but something that they need um, for their existence. I don't know really what it is, 
but um, you know, it, it's 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 crazy through history. If you look at you know the pharaohs of Egypt, they stockpiled gold. The emperors of Rome, they stockpiled gold. Uh, Mayan civilization, gold, gold, gold everywhere. This was this big gold thing. Why? Why the gold? You know, why the gods? made in the image of gold? Was it to attract these aliens to these locations where there was an abundance of gold? Was there some type of trade-off being done there? Very interesting scenario, especially when you look at today and you see the value of gold and how cash for gold and they're trying to get all the gold really makes you wonder. The other thing I looked at in his book, and I just kind of opened it up randomly, star messengers. The ancient ones in Navajo are considered to be one of the more enigmatic of this planet's ancient civilization, star messengers, oh, yeah. messages coming to us and telling us how to awaken to the truth. Well, if you look at the the Hopi Indians, um, they have what is called the um, uh, what is it called? I, I collect these 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 dolls, but um, but they're they're dressed in like masks and um and and different things on and and these from the indigenous tribes of the Hopi Indians, and um, it's incredible on on what they do. Oh, uh, Kachina dolls, that's what they're called. I had a look mm-hmm. at them real quick. And um and they have like alien masks on them, so I believe they were visited um thousands of years ago and by aliens and um and they bring these traditions too. And they call yeah. them the star people, you know, our star brothers, our star sisters. Yeah. And the prediction about lines up with the Mayan calendar. About where mm-hmm. we're going to be seeing, you know, it's just it's just starting. We're just having a tip, tip yeah. of it, just starting right now. There's going to be so many UFO sightings coming up right now. And the yeah. government's are going to, the government's going to have to admit that you know there is um, life elsewhere. And even my channel source, Indigo, who is extraterrestrial, is just giving me so much download information right now mm-hmm. about 2012, 2011, what's going to happen, and it's just incredible. Um, yeah, I, I could feel myself getting pulled into download mode, too, over the last couple of days. I've been resisting. I tend to be very resistant, but I realized today after my sister Carrie sent me a little something, and it really supercharged that uh, need to you know open up and receive again. That uh, I'm going to have to do it uh, today. Yeah. But the well, the Wally Hopi Messer is one of the three messes in the heartland of the Hopi Reservation in Arizona, laid mm-hmm. out according to Orion's belt. It formed the final goal of a series of wanderings by various Native Americans carried out on orders of their god, Masaw. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. All right. And they know. So and they call them. Yeah. They identify them as the star people, our star brothers, our star sisters, and they know, you know. And so, I don't know. It's exciting. Very and you know, with, with the crystal activation, you know, it's from mm-hmm. Peru to Sedona to Arkansas. It's going to be this big, massive triangle, um, and all these crystallized. It's just gonna. And you know, I was talking to, I was looking at some YouTube videos on the Navajo down in Sedona. Um, talking about this activation happening and everything, mm-hmm. and how much they they just brought it through their tribes throughout the years, is, and it's incredible. It's just it's yeah. really just an incredible time. So yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to take some phone calls for readings and the mediumship. If you'd like to connect with a past loved one or um, ask a question about career, finance, or romance, uh, psychic medium Joseph will be glad to help you. So hold on tight. We'll be back in a few.
the Apostles' Recipe for Happiness breaks new ground in exposing the attainable miracles so prevalent in the first book ever written on the Law of Attraction. Through true life experiences with modern day scenarios, the mystery and magic of the Holy Bible unfold as you learn to recognize the signs that God places on the path He intends for you to follow. Through the mastery of divine guidance, you can connect to God's energy and create a life without limits. This is a book everyone should read who is interested in building godly character. I read it in one evening and couldn't put it down. Gary Sigler, Kingdom Resources. What an amazing job at making a clearly defined guide for a happy life. The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness is compelling and is a value not only to Christians everywhere, but also to people of unbelief. Ruth Cannell, Christian Magazine Now. Pick up your copy of The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness today and start living the life of your dreams tomorrow. Available at Barnes & Noble, Booksellers, Amazon.com, and everywhere quality books are sold. Sample all Ron Ash's books for free at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Bridge the gap between earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multidimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the ascended masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings, or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Experience the power of being. Join author and dream interpreter Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance, connect to source energy, and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.wordpress.com.
are being with Ron Ash and Joseph Labruto, author of Is There More to Life Than What We Know, Psychic and Medium. Uh, Joseph will be taking your calls and answering your questions at 424-757-1425. That's our own number, so write that down, 424-757-1425. We have Bonita from Delaware joining us today. Welcome to Being Bonita. Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm calling. Uh, I just happened to find Ron Ash um, on the on my internet site. I'm in a place of transition right now. Okay. So I guess I'm. Um, there are very very many things going on in my life right now, and I'm just wondering. When what? is it all going to come mean, to a halt? <laughs> What is it all um, going to come to a halt? I mean, there have been very good things, and there have been some things that have been um, have me in peril, for no better word. But I know there's a reason for everything, and I'm putting uh, out positive energy. And Yeah. We have to keep reminding ourselves of that. Yeah, Bonita, um, 2011 is a time for change, and I know we're coming to an end to 2011, but... There's going to be just a total shift going on of energy here on uh, here on the earth, and it, it's time to finish. We're, we're, we're finishing up old stuff and going into new, and um, the whole world is feeling the effect. It's not just you. Everybody's in turmoil. So it used to be mundane and easygoing. It's, it's just chaos everywhere. Um, even in my own personal life, I have chaos, and it just seems like this is just the knack. This is what's going on with everybody. Um, what I feel with you, though, um, matters are going to. It's going to be. It's going to stick with you for another six or seven months. You're going to have to hang in, in, in with there. But I feel come. Oof, let's see, March, uh, May, May. I feel it's going to be a good month for you. That things are going to be a little different, a more settling. If you're thinking of um, changing careers, I wouldn't do that right now. I will hold tight, and I would wait to the fall of next year, maybe a year at this time before you do that. So. Um, just just because it's if you're going to do any major changes, I wouldn't do that right now. Kind of just settle in and ride the wave right now, um, till 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 about May, and then I feel May would be a good time um, for for any major decisions you want to make. If, like if you want to do a move or or any any major thing, but wait till about May, okay? Okay. What do you think about? Right. Do you feel anything about relationships? Are you involved with anybody right now? Yes. Okay. Um, again, it's part of the turmoil <laughs> going up and down with this relationship. Well, there's no turmoil there, but I'm I'm just curious. Do you okay. have any feeling as to? I mean, my my uh, life isn't in chaos. It's just in okay. transition. If, if the re- all right, let, let me changing. let me. See. Let me say, if the relationship is good right now, don't don't you know don't change things don't you know don't change things. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And um, you know, but I would just stay stay where you're at right now. But May, there's going to be a whole shift of energy with you, and things are going to happen differently. You may walk away from the relationship in May, or or may even got better. So, but right now, um, I feel that you should just you know everything will be okay. It's going to be no, it'll be. A, you know, I feel it's going to be ups and downs between now and May in your relationship anyway. But May, there's going to be a bright side. I think things are going to, if you want to be with this guy and you love this guy, that means it's a big positive in May for you with this person. Things are going to be really good. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, 
Thank you for calling. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, have you received any types of communication from uh, aliens in regards to this big shift that we're going through right now and the changes happening in everyone's lives? Yeah, of course. That's where my channel source is coming with all the shifts shifts coming on. And they're they're telling me to hang tight that 2012 is going to be a rock and roll year, meaning Uh things are going to go wild, especially earth changes. There's going to be earthquakes coming out of nowhere. Like look at Oklahoma. They had, what, an eight point something just a few days ago. I don't know. Was it that high? I thought it was like 5.7 or something. Oh, maybe it's (laughs) 5.7. Maybe. I don't want to get it that big one. But, but, but they you had know, but, a lot of aftershocks. There were several after I think mm-hmm. six or seven aftershocks after that. Well there's an eight point some, there's an eight point something coming up. I know I can feel it. it's coming up within a, within weeks. Within weeks an eight point something. Wow. And it's just the earth is shifting. You know, they they're saying that sometimes that the um they feel that the um earth is shifting on its axis already because if you look at the star systems, they're not lining up like they used to be. Um uh, you know, if they go back in in the in the charts of the you know, ten, twenty years and they look at now, they're seeing a little shift that they're moved and everything. So, um so I feel like the earth is shifting on its axis already. So mm-hmm. and um we just have to get ready for it. This it's just gonna be crazy. Um, last year we had um, prepare yourself again for all all the animals, you know, past the birds and the fish. Um, mm-hmm. How they were just out of nowhere, thousands of the same species. Just yeah, I want to call them ascending. You know, yeah, um, yeah. It's it, it's going to be a re- I call it now. It's going to be a repeat. Um, prepare yourself right after December, January, February. There's going to be a re- repeat of all that again. Mm-hmm. You're going to see massive. You know, massive animals and stuff turning up again. So, yeah, my theory was that the uh, birds were flying <coughs> into cloaked alien spacecraft and falling from the sky. Well, yeah, but they, <laughs> but they weren't they weren't damaged though. They weren't crushed. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just fell. <laughs> hey, do you remember a movie? It was many years ago. It was called The Dark Crystal, I believe, and it was all about the planets lining up in a certain way, and then the ancients were gathering together. Oh, that's a, an animation a one? Prophecy. Yeah, it was kind of like yeah. a play, I believe. Yeah, it is, but you know, that's so true, though, because they talk yeah. about the grand, the grand Conjunction. I know the movie well. <laughs> I, I, watched it with my, I watched it with my kids growing up, when they were growing up, okay? Uh-huh. Um, but they, <laughs> they talk about the Grand Conjunction. What the Grand Conjunction is the lion it's a you know the, the earth now every 26,000 years the earth rotates yeah. and it, and it lines up it's called the galactic equator and we're uh-huh. coming up to that point where all the planets are going to line up in a belt and it's the galactic equator the earth way it's rotating also the milky way way it is it's a part where i was i was i was reading on where um they call it a black hole or something but the earth is going to be getting closer and closer to this black hole this rift in the Milky Way, and they say every 26,000 years, the Earth will pass through this rift, and this is where the New Age will come in, because, you know, the New Age brings in the Golden Age, it just changes everything, the shift, the polarity shift on the the Earth on its axis, and um, there's going to be just major changes, and we're just right around the corner for for this to happen, and, uh, you know... You got to look at it as exciting times, but then it's going to be scary too, because there's going to be a lot of destruction. There's going to be a lot of death, and um, but if you know, if you look at 
life continues on after death and the soul is on forever mm-hmm. and you know with ascension then you know it's going to be exciting times because you know when they say a thousand years of peace i believe it's going to be more than a thousand years of peace because we're going to be ascended beings and yeah. looking at the world a little differently so but that's how i feel and probably our entire economic systems, I would say, would be changing, too, at the same time. I mean, the things that we value now are really going to shift to a point where we don't value them in that way anymore. Yeah, you know, money will be obsolete. And, um, you know, when we shift into a higher frequency and dimension, we we lose the physical and we're more into the mental, into the um, into the energy of using our mind and, and telepathy and uh, manifesting through our minds. So what we need, we manifest and Love mm-hmm. is shared through energy instead of, you know, it's less physical contact there. It's more of energy. It's a feeling. And, and that's how everything's going to be. And, um, you know, you can transport one place to another with just the thought and you're there. And the space travel and anywhere you want to go, it's just the thought and, and mm-hmm. freedom to, to, freedom to go. It's like, it's like, I guess you could say it's astral traveling. Um, yeah, I was going to say that. Body. It sounds very familiar, uh, to astral travel. And exactly. But, well, that's what it's going to be, except for our physical and our spiritual are going to blend into one and one higher self. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be able to travel so we can do this. And meet, we'll meet our space brothers, which I call our friendlies and who are higher dimensional beings. And um, they'll they'll help us with the transition with the Earth because the Earth is going to be rumbling as she mm-hmm. trans, as she moves through this rift into the higher dimensions and the frequency changes. And they're they're there to help. Um so and they're here to document too, and that's why you have a lot of these sightings. They're pretty much mapping the Earth and um, on what's happening and taking this you know seismographic um, readouts of what's going to happen and stuff like that. So now I wonder with that UFO spotting in New Orleans, what's going to happen there? I <laughs> you know. know. I'm going I'm to have to research that. Right? See if I can find that on uh, YouTube or anything. Yeah, it's just say you say UFO. NFL football. That's all you need to do. Wow. I'll pop right up. <laughs> all right. Yep. Let's go so. to Jill in Illinois. You are on with Joseph Labruto. What can we do for you today, Jill? Hi. My question is, is I'm having a problem with my daughter's principal. I'm also a school board member. He filed a formal harassment complaint because I had a problem with the way he disciplined my daughter and several other students in the school. I've had problems with him in the past and he says it's personal but will it come out that he is a problem and what do you see happening i see other parents dropping on board with you and petitioning the the school board that you're not the only it's not a lone case you're not the only one that other parents are going to be involved with this that they feel unjust with this principle too and um, the school board is going to look into into this because because of that so, because you're not the only one, there there are other students I feel, and um, and long as the parents step up and know what's going on, and they all they all unify together on there, um, I, I believe the school board will you'll win in your favor, and they may just they may even dismiss or transfer um, the principal. So, so and this is, will this backfire on him? Him filing a complaint against me because I have old emails where he looks like a real jerk. Yeah, I feel it will because, like I said, there's other parents who 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 really dislikes this principal, who feels it's unjust with their students, even throughout even throughout the years. If you need to start to do research and find out who these parents are, um, you know, 
once you all um, get together and all that, um, it, it's going to be different. The school board's going to see that there's a pattern here, and it's not just you. So he's just okay. he's just you doing this and that. You heard sorry? me though. I, I am the school board. You heard me right. Oh oh oh, you are the yeah. But there's there's more there's more to the board though that has to. But that's what's going to happen is the. Um, Parents are going to parents are going to step up. Other parents are going to step up, and there's no choice. You know, you got all these parents stepping up and saying, "Listen, my child has been um, mistreated by this person and all this stuff." Okay, so it will yeah. catch up with him, and something will finally be done. And they'll yes. see it's not personal; he's a problem. Exactly, because okay. of, of the other parents. Okay. Thank you. Right. Thank you very much, Jill. Okay. All Thank right. you, okay. Crystal. From Columbus, Ohio, we've been talking about crystals, and now we have a crystal joining us. How are you doing today? Up everywhere. Hello. Yeah. Hello. I have a question for Joseph. Hi, Crystal. Hi. Um, I have three kids, three beautiful children, and I wasn't planning on having any more. And I just found out that I was pregnant again, and the baby's due June 23rd. And I was just wondering if you have anything... That you could tell me about that. Are they the children you have? Are they two and one, like two girls, one boy? Um, two boys, one girl. Okay, yeah, I just said right. Two two boys, one girl. Yeah. Okay, I I feel it's going to be two and two. So, um, you don't know the sex yet. It's too early, correct? Correct. Okay, I feel girl. So you're going to have it even up, two and two, on the playing field, and. What do you need to know? I feel that you have a beautiful family. You know, sometimes it can be tough. You know, I have have four children of my own, too, so um, they're all grown. Um, But, you know, they grow up so fast, and they're out of your life, and all of a sudden you have an empty nest, and you go, oh, my God. But um, I see good times. I see family, united family, and, um, you know, I I feel nothing. I I feel nothing happens by accident. It's planned, you know, even though if you didn't plan on having another child, this child was hovering around you, wanted to be born through you, and, and made it happen. So, but I, I, I see a lovely family, and I see, you know, like I said, they grow up so quickly. Next thing you know, they're out of the house in college, and then you want, you want to do another, have another one. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah, look, look at it as a blessing. So, and All I believe right. it's going to be a girl. Oh, I think you want it. Cool. I think you want a girl, don't you? Yeah, I wanted to even even it out. Yeah, so it's even out, even playing field. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. All right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Okay. Good. You're welcome. You know, I'm pretty good. I'm like 98 percent in predicting um, the sex of the child. Um, I had a mother on my Facebook that just let uh-huh. me know. She said I did a reading for her son and the daughter in law two years ago. They're they're married, but they're going through school and I said, Well, you guys are gonna have a baby in two years and it's gonna be a boy and both said, No, we can't we gotta get our master's degrees and one wants to get their doctors and they said, oh, we can't we can't have children right now. Well, they sent yeah. the message, they're pregnant, they're gonna have a boy in March and it's been two years to the mark. <laughs> so. I have had two psychics tell me over the last two weeks that there is a baby girl around me. They don't know if it's a miscarry. They don't know if it's something coming in the future. I'm curious. Do you have any thoughts on that? 
Wow, I don't know if I want to touch that one, Ron. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> That's all you did is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking to triangulate here. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I know, on. I know. I'll I'll tell you right out of the gate. I'm a good boy, very monogamous. All right, well then so you don't have to then, worry about that. Then you know, use protection, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't know. I I think you just told me something. Yep. Oh, yep. Gosh. Make sure there's nothing. Make make sure you, you know. So that's all, right. all I can say. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. yep. <laughs> I'm in it to win it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, well, it's that time again. After all, this program is made possible by our advertisers and with the generous support of listeners like you. Support us at beingwithronash.com. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more Psychic Medium Joseph and some free readings at 424-757-1425. That's 424-757-1425. One four two five. Hold on tight in the switchboard. We'll be back in a few. Experience the power of being. Join author and dream interpreter Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance, connect to source energy, and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Bridge the gap between Earth and the spiritual plane of existence. Join author and psychic medium Joseph Labrudo III on a multi-dimensional journey of transformation every Tuesday at 11 a.m. on Being with Ron Ash. Communicate with a deceased loved one, the ascended masters, spirit guides, angels, and other spiritual beings. Or ask Joseph about your career, relationship, or life path. There is more to life than what we know. Find the answers at www.psychicmediumjoseph.com. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine is the perfect resource for those seeking a healthy, natural lifestyle. In every free monthly publication, you'll find practical, cutting-edge information on natural health, nutrition, personal growth, green living, creative expression, and more. Find Natural Awakenings wherever free magazines are found. Read it online at rinaturalawakenings.com or call 401-709-2473. Feel good, live simply, laugh more. Rhode Island Natural Awakenings Magazine. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness breaks new ground in exposing the attainable miracles so prevalent in the first book ever written on the Law of Attraction. Through true life experiences with modern day scenarios, the mystery and magic of the Holy Bible unfold as you learn to recognize the signs that God places on the path He intends for you to follow. Through the mastery of divine guidance, you can connect to God's energy and create a life without limits. This is a book everyone should read who is interested in building godly character. I read it in one evening and couldn't put it down. Gary Sigler, Kingdom Resources. What an amazing job at making a clearly defined guide for a happy life. The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness is compelling and is of value not only to Christians 
Christians everywhere, but also to people of unbelief. Ruth Cannell Christian Magazine now. Pick up your copy of The Apostle's Recipe for Happiness today and start living the life of your dreams tomorrow. Available at Barnes & Noble Booksellers, Amazon.com, and everywhere quality books are sold. Sample all Ron Ash's books for free at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Back, you are being with Ron Ash and Joseph Labruto. We are live in local, national, and international for a complete listing of our affiliates and showtimes. Please visit beingwithronash.com. That's beingwithronash.com. We're taking calls today for readings and mediumship at 424 757 1425. That's 424 757 1425. We have Veronica from Pennsylvania joining us. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Veronica. Hi. I was calling um, to ask a question um, about some legal issues that I have going on. I have a legal battle. And if you see anything coming up, uh, what do you see coming up and how will this affect my work or is anything you're picking up from that? Um, is, is anything supposed to happen end of January or end of February with this with this legal thing? I don't actually know when the dates are at this point. There's, they didn't give me a date for things yet. All right. I, I feel something's going to happen January, end of January or into February. I feel that something's going to happen into there. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes when we get into um, – is it something to do with – anything to do with workman's comp or anything like that on this legal balance or anything, something to do work-related? No, it's not workman's comp, but um, depending on how it goes, it can affect my work. That's the thing, my job. It can affect your work. Okay. Um, um, like I, I feel February, something's going to come up on this thing. But you know, even even if it benefits you, it's almost like a happy workplace is is you know you do your best, but something like that i i feel it's it's going to let me just say that if you do go to court i feel it's going to benefit yours you but then i feel that you're going to have to move on to a different type of work afterwards because you know it's not going to be a, a nice place to work at anymore um you're going to feel these um like people backstabbing you behind your back and giving you these um stares and so forth so um so i would brush up on your resume Stick to your guns because I feel you're gonna um, win, 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 win this thing. Um, but then afterwards, you're gonna have to probably um, go somewhere else um, to find employment, though, because you're not gonna be happy where you're gonna be. Okay. okay. All, All right. right then. All right. You're welcome. 
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we did have a question from the chat room regarding a uh, ball of fire or a ball of light in the sky back two months ago, spotted from the west from the uh, Palm Beach area, believe it or not, in chat. Oh, wow, what do you think about the Palm that? Beach area. Yeah, oh. so let me go into this a little more. See, I, it was a huge, very low, um, and it moved across the sky silently, um, described as a fireball in the sky. Wow, in the Palm Beach area, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Boy, I missed that. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they, maybe you didn't miss it. Maybe they came by and they abducted you, and you don't even have any <laughs> recollection. <laughs> uh, okay, that, that's that's where I had the hair loss from. <laughs> there you the back go. Of my head. Have, have <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take uh, another call. I didn't check it yet, but it's a uh, five six one. What's your name and where you're calling from? My name is Maddie. Maddie. And what part of yes. Florida are you calling from, Maddie? Boca Raton. Boca, Boca. Raton. Love Boca. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So do I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome, Maddie. <laughs> well, it's probably a boring... Thank you so much. It's probably a very boring question. But in terms of uh, finance, you know, you've, meaning that you've heard it a million times, hmm. thinking of it from a... Uh, the uh, financial status of my family, and I wanted to know if things are going to get better. Okay. When you say your family, that's your immediate family, your husband, you, and and is that what you're talking about? That's correct, and our children. Okay, and children. Um, Well, not kids, really. (laughs) Okay, they're older. You know, where I look at life, Maddie, I feel that you and your husband had a very, you know, I want to say business or his type of work was very successful and, and striving and everything throughout the years. And within this last two years, or maybe three years, um, things have just kind of tapered off with him a little bit. And it gets a little scary um, when you start dipping into your savings and your nest eggs and everything like that. Um, I do feel coming up with, you are going to, yeah, it's a, it. it I feel. Oh, I, I'm getting. I'm getting mixed messages here. March. I feel that things are going to be better, um, but then I have problems here with some children. I don't know if you're helping um, a son out or uh, one of your children out with um, financials, but I feel um, there's there's a, a burden there that you're going to have to be helping out too. So when things start looking a little brighter on your half, um, you're going to have to help out on the other half a little bit and kind of. But then I, in the long run, I feel that everything will be okay. Everything's going to even out um, toward toward mid-year next year to the end of next year. Um, So you have to kind of ride this out a little bit. But March, you're going to get a breather. Things are going to look better in March. Um, But like I said, I feel one of your children um, is going to need some help somewhere, and you're going to have to... That's the story of our life. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's the story of our life now. I'm in a relatively, I guess, about a a two-year-long... uh, you know, I'm in my private business. Do you see that picking up at all? It's two years now. Okay, uh, that's about two years now. Yes. All right. Well, that, I mentioned earlier something about two years ago. Things were things were kind of changed, and um, so maybe when you got into your 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 business two years ago, things things were changing. March, March, like I said, whatever financial things are going on in March, it's gonna it's gonna be an upswing right after the new year. But um, you have to determine because one, I, I keep on wanting to say son, but uh, I feel that it's daughters. 
their daughters. Okay. Um, they're going to, some, someone, one of them is going to need some financial help here and there, and, and you're going to have to dig in again on there. Uh, but in the long run, it's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay in the long run. So, oh, I thank pay you. it forward. Pay it forward. I've been doing it. I thank you so much. <laughs> okay. You're welcome, Maddie. Both of you take care and have a great day. Okay. Have right, you ever you seen too. me before, Maddie? I know you're from Boca. Um, you yes, ever... I have. Okay, good. All I right. We have. And it's good to talk to you, Ron. Okay. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye. Yeah, nest eggs. Wow. I, I could coin a new phrase. Yeah. Nothing but nest, because that's what I'm down to. Nothing but nest. Nothing <laughs> like, but nest. But, nothing but nest. Your eggs, your eggs are gone, yep. <laughs> Where's the eggs? <laughs> Oh boy! But you know, I, I, it really is. It's a clearing out. And when you look back, even in the Bible, you know, when Jesus says, you know, uh, answers the question, so what do I need to do um, to follow you? You know what I mean? The answer is sell everything that you know, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And they talk about the eye of the needle, and it's more difficult for a rich man to get through the eye of the needle because many times all these things really hold us back from moving forward. They anchor us. Uh, where we are, where we live, right, in a certain yep. job that we that no longer serve a purpose for us, other than to you know relieve mm-hmm. a, a financial burden. So many times when we are left without these things that at one time we cherished or we looked at as a means of retirement or um, security, which it's all an illusion, really, because you know here today, gone tomorrow. I have, I have a friend of mine who just lost his job at a. Uh, Second largest broadcasting uh, company in the United States. They came in, they bought his, uh, the uh, Citadel Broadcasting, they bought him out, and then they got rid of the entire night staff, including him after 15 years, and I mean, he's probably in his 50s at this point, and he really thought that this was the last place that he was going to be. But also very powerful individual spiritually, and a lot of times, since I've known him, because he's had that position, he was not able to be who he is. He had to keep right. it under wraps. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I like what you pulled out of the Bible because that's that's you know the key to the ascension is you know where you know it's hard to realize that you know everything here is an illusion and because we're just so it's, it's hard. I can't even imagine that too because we all want we all want to live a nice life we want the riches we want the nest egg yeah. and everything but to to get rid of all your possessions and follow and trust. You know, it's that's it's, it's the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so. very difficult. I I was very upset when I first heard about it. Although I am an adamant believer that it's for a reason, I could probably see the reason now, um, because he, as I said, very spiritually inclined. He has a lot of gifts that I know are going to help with this awakening that we're going through, getting through eleven, 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 and into twenty twelve. Um, and I think he's going to have a critical role in that. Uh, very yeah. um, incredible meditation, uh, guided meditation CD. I actually had a sample of it. It was awesome. Took me someplace else. Well, you know, well. something that he had to keep under wraps because of his relationship with the communications company. Um, yeah. Very apt to come back and uh, pass life regressions and find a. Uh, uh, I think he came back 30-something-odd past lives um, he actually went through and documented. So, wow. uh, yeah, 
But uh, again, because of the corporate world many times, and you're aware of it and I'm aware of it, you start talking about this stuff. You get on the radio or television and you start talking about this stuff and you're in that corporate environment and it gets back to that corporate environment. Believe me, some problems could arise. <laughs> I think That's... less so today than in the past, but uh, definitely something that could hold us back. That's from true. Being all that we are created to be, that's for sure. So, in more to life than what we know, you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, like you said, the Arcturians and channeling these uh, uh, life forces. Let's call them. You know, what, what is it that they that the main thing that they really want us to know? Is there really one main thing that they're here to do? Well, the main thing is just preparation. Um, for ascension, and um, you know, I'm, I'm in the process. When you're here in Palm Beach, I want you to see me. I'm in my book, the last chapter. Joshua said he's going to come through. I found a, men a mentor found me, in fact, and she's working mm -hmm. on me to bring Joshua through, where I'm going to be a trans channel, channeling this ascended master to prepare mm -hmm. us for ascension. And the main thing is to prepare our souls. And the golden rule we need to live on: do unto others as you would do unto yourself. And learn to love, give in love and faith, and trust God. And once we can do that, um, th that would help us on the ascension process. And that's what they're here for. Um, mm -hmm. It's just to get us prepared for this ascension. And hopefully, we all can ascend to mm -hmm. where we need to do. And and they're getting us ready. So, mm -hmm. and, th and that's the main that's the main goal. And those are things that are apparent in all the ancient texts. I mean, there's there's karma. There's like you said, you know, uh, do unto others as you wish others to do unto you. Um, I think these things are all sown in our hearts that we want to be treated um, with respect, with dignity, with love, with understanding. And um, when we treat other people in those ways, chances are that is going to come back to us. Well, it will. It's law. It really is law. So that's what we really need to learn and understand, no matter which you know text you choose to pick up, the Bhagavad Gita, the Bible, uh, you know the uh, the Quran, whatever. You know, I mean, you right. have to be able to discern the truth that's in it, because man often came into these writings and put their own ideas. It may not have been intentional. Some, I think, were put in there to intentionally mislead and to create. Um, you know, what has been created through the uh, various religions in the world. But uh, for the most part, if you open it up today with an open mind, you are going to gain some incredible understanding to what is written in those books because of this shift in energy, because of this awakening, because so much is opening up. We talked about the, the, the crystal skulls, uh, the crystals as a... Um, you know, uh, receivers. So many people have been wakening up their psychic abilities, um, receiving messages, getting new understandings. A lot of people are very confused. They don't know what's yep. going on in their minds. A lot of people want to. They, they've contacted me to learn their their abilities are learning. They don't understand. I'm getting emails and like classes. They want to learn. They, they and get yeah. a deeper, deeper well, understanding. That's, and that's why I pointed to my I pointed to my book because my book is a basic book on this stuff about what is going on. <laughs> 
and and to prepare yourself. And um, but you know, like I said, after eleven eleven, the energies are going to just be activated, and all these people, like little lighthouses, are just going to go off in their heads, and they're going to wonder, oh my God, is there a purpose, a greater purpose? And yeah. when they start to see more um, devastation to the earth, when they start the more UFO coverage around, and the people spotting things with the camcorders and pictures, you know, yeah. people are going to wonder. What's going on? You know, why is yeah. this stuff happening? So, and you know, the the light workers of today are going to have to step up and just say, "Hey, we're here to exist," and mm-hmm. say, "This is what's going on." You know, and we're, you know, just messengers. We're the messengers, and you know, and as long as we do unto others as we do unto ourselves, and give in yeah. love, and and we'll we'll be fine. Yeah. So. And, the and, spiritual leaders of the world will become the le- the the, le- the people who lead. I don't like to say leaders, it, but those who lead the others into this awakening and to really well, let them true. know what's going on, how to work with these energies. And that's that's you know, and that's that's what's going to be. You know, it's working with energies and knowing yeah. how to work with these energies. So yep, one thousand plus yeah. years of peace. Wow. Yep, one thousand plus years. Friday is eleven eleven, eleven eleven eleven. All right, Joseph Labruto, psychic, mediumjoseph.com. And as always, you can link to all of our guests, past, present, and future, at beingwithronash.com. That's beingwithronash.com. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Be peace, everyone. The Apostles' Recipe for Happiness breaks new ground in exposing the attainable miracles so prevalent in the first book ever written on the Law of Attraction. Through true life experiences with modern day scenarios, the mystery and magic of the Holy Bible unfold as you learn to recognize the signs that God places on the path He intends for you to follow. Through the mastery of divine guidance, you can connect to God's energy and create a life without limits. This is a book everyone should read who is interested in building godly character. I read it in one evening and couldn't put it down. Gary Sigler, Kingdom Resources. What an amazing job at making a clearly defined guide for a happy life. The Apostles' Recipe for Happiness is compelling and is of value not only to Christians everywhere, but also to people of unbelief. Ruth Cannell, Christian Magazine Now. Pick up your copy of The Apostles' Recipe for Happiness today and start living the life of your dreams tomorrow. Available at Barnes & Noble, booksellers, Amazon.com, and everywhere quality books are sold. Sample all Ron Ash's books for free at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. The Sweet Retreat is a divine sanctuary and enlightenment center committed to bringing light, healing, and transformation to those seeking personal growth, community, and oneness with the universe. Founder and holistic coach Leah DeRoche is dedicated to connecting others to their life's purpose while making learning fun. The Sweet Retreat hosts an eclectic group of practitioners offering a wide range of classes, workshops, and events. There's something for everyone at the Sweet Retreat. Experience angelic guidance and energy healing. Learn metaphysics or yoga. Whether you participate in a Sweet Retreat or take advantage of any of the Sweet Retreat's certification programs, you'll experience caring, open-minded souls who yearn to affect the world in a positive Positive way. The Sweet Retreat at 1460 Main Road in Westport, Massachusetts is situated among 17 plus acres of woods that promote a special reconnection to nature and allows for the Earth's energy to uplift your soul. For more info, call 508 636 1230 or visit thesweetretreat.org. 
experience the power of being. Join author and dream interpreter Ron Ash on an infinite journey of enlightenment weekdays from 10 a.m. to noon. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance, connect to source energy, and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Learn how to connect with spirit and create the life of your dreams. Purchase the complete Ron Ash collection and save 45% now. Get the Apostle's Recipe for Happiness, Breaking Through, Being, and the Secret of Divine Intervention today for only $30. That's $25 off the retail price. Make your life-expanding purchase today at beingwithronash.wordpress.com. Again, that's beingwithronash.wordpress.com. 